Turn in, the, turn in your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to look at one verse. Honoring the reading of the word of God. Second Kings chapter two, verse one. A chapter that's been on my heart now for about two weeks. Verse one says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha. I mean, you know there's a difference between Ja. Everybody say Ja and Sha. Ja. Sha. Sha. Jah. All right. Everybody just spoke in tongues. <laughs> just kidding. Read it again. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Father, we love you. Thank you for our time so far. Speak to us, God, specifically. And let us, Father, leave this place knowing what we need to do. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I have several notes that are going to be up on the screen that you can follow along with. The title of today's message is A Call for Some New Heroes. A Call for Some New Heroes. And let me give you a little bit of background of what's going on here with Jah and Shah. Elijah is basically the hero in this situation. He's the hero of Elisha. It was about to, Elisha was about to move out of a certain position and go into another position. Elijah was a mighty prophet. He was, man, doing all kinds of things in the spiritual realm, defeating Baal worshipers. I mean, just taking on the world. And he had this mighty mantle. If you've never heard the word mantle, it's basically the anointing or the Lord's blessing on your life. So Elijah is carrying this very large mantle. He's a mighty man of God. And here comes Elisha along, and he just begins to look up to Elijah, and he begins to follow Elijah, and he wants to go everywhere Elijah goes, Elisha wants to follow him. And what was his mission? His mission was to rewrite history. Now get this, his mission was to rewrite history one what? person at a time. Everybody say person. One person at a time. Everyone needs heroes. Everyone needs heroes. That's why the incarnation of Jesus was so necessary. Christ knew we all needed not only to hear about heroes, but to see one. John chapter 13 verse 15 says, for I have given you an example. You should do as I have done. Jesus speaking. Isn't that a clear message? I tell my Sunday school class all the time, I'm a very elementary kind of guy, okay? I'm a very one plus one is two. If it's there, it is what it is. Jesus was that kind of guy too. He said, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to show you what to do and how to do it. Now just do it. He gave an example of a hero. Now Jesus is ultimately everybody's hero or should be. But in this situation, Elisha is looking up to Elijah. Now, what is the definition of a hero? One who is fully human and yet fully worthy of respect. So this automatically, this automatically puts your name in the hat as a potential hero because the definition is clear. One who is fully human. Everybody's human in here, right? Fully human and yet fully worthy of respect respect church family god is not into crowds he's into people he's into people and other people need other individuals to look up to as heroes now not in the context of maybe a michael jordan lebron james sports american idol all of that stuff because i think we've had a generation that that's all their heroes have been and all those heroes are, don't even live by them don't even know them so there's no connection there a hero is somebody that you can connect with that can show you how to do things that can show you how to live that can show you the love of christ let's jump into this verse two verse two it says then elijah said to elisha 
Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now, I love Elisha's response. As the Lord lives and as my soul lives, I will not leave you. There was a familiar uh, a story like that with Jacob and the angel. Jacob and the angel wrestled. He wrestled with God. And Jacob said, I will not leave you until you bless me. That's exciting when you get that kind of mentality. When you get that mentality that, God, I will not leave you until you bless me. And that's the way Elisha was doing to Elijah in this moment. Get this. A hero in the kingdom of God comes not so much from right abilities, but rather from right choices. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my best job of going by my notes, and I'm sticking with them. A hero in the kingdom of God comes not so much from the right abilities, but rather from the right choices. We live in a society where especially Christians in the church, the church itself, thinks that they have, some, they have to have some kind of uh, uh, special qualifications or, or special abilities to impact another person's life. No, you don't. Once again, I am no different than you. My wife is no different than you. We just made a choice to be fully obedient to what God has called us to do. Not just specifically us, but us as the church. Okay? It's not about abilities. It's about choices. What kind of choices are you making right now as an individual? What kind of choices are you making right now as a family? We don't determine our future. We determine our small, simple choices that leads to our future. Get that. That's good right there. We don't determine our future. We determine our small, simple choices that leads to our future. The family these days are so pressed on every side with this. It's, the pop culture is not just for the kids. Adults, 50, 60, 70, 40, 30-year-olds are being impacted by trending things and pop culture. Look at vehicles, okay? Look at If one soccer mom gets this kind of vehicle, how many more soccer moms are going to get that vehicle? A bunch. Are you following me? Everything's trendy. Everything's pop culture, and it's no different with the family. We stretch ourselves so much as moms and dads. We got this practice and that practice, and we got that recital and that cheerleading, and we can't do this with the church because we got this, and we can't do that ministry because we got this. Don't you know there's somebody that you know and I know that is just sitting back saying, you know what, let them destroy themselves. I don't even have to do anything. They're just destroying their own selves by stretching themselves by the simple choices that they're making. And then 5, 10, 15 years gets down the road, and then we really see the results from our so-called labor or so-called living. Listen, once again, it's the small, simple choices that's going to lead to our future. So as a hero, haven't we done that enough? I'm tired of labeling, you know, the, the, the meth heads. And, and, and it's just like everything has a label. They're people just like you and me. And I will be honest and transparent with you. Your youth pastor, your associate pastor could have very easily been a drug head to this day. Could have very easily been in prison to this day. And I probably should have been in prison. Not to this day, but I should have been in prison a while back. We're all humans. We're all people. But we need genuine heroes. And heroes are created where? Right here in the church. I told the youth Wednesday night, I want this to become a hero factory. A hero factory. Where just heroes just get, people go in and out, in and out of the doors, and they just become heroes. Heroes, simple heroes, day-to-day stuff. Verse 3. Elijah was being a simple hero Day in and day out to Elisha and didn't even know it. Verse 3. Now the sons of the prophet who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Now Wednesday night I mentioned, what did I call it? Reminders. How many of you had those people in your life that are the reminding people? You know your current problem. They come along and remind you of that problem. Don't you love those people? So there's a bunch of prophets And they come to Elisha and say, they're going to take your master away. Look what Elisha says. What does Elisha say? I love what he says. And he said, yeah, I know. Keep silent. Yeah, I know. Shut up. I know that. 
I know I've got a problem. I know I've got a financial problem. I know my marriage is on the fence. I don't need another person to come tell me that I'm in trouble. Help me. Do something to help my situation. Amen? Do something to fix the situation. We just want to sit back and just complain and argue and fight about everything that's going on, but we don't want to step in the middle of it and try to help come up with a solution. I'm ready for the church to have a solution. Amen? And that solution starts with being a hero for somebody. So Elisha, Elisha realized that he was about to lose somebody very important. Go to that second point. We don't like it, but sometimes to become a hero, we have first lose one of our own. A lot of us can relate to this, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a, a, a parent, an uncle, a grandpa. He was our hero, and then we lose them. What is that a sign? That is a sign for now you to become a hero. My father was a, a, one of my greatest heroes, and I lost him at 19. But I tell people all the time, I've learned more from my dad since he's been dead than I did when he was alive because of what he instilled in me. I saw my mom, when my dad died, I saw my mom you know, make a choice, and, and she had a choice. She could just sit back and, and kind of drown herself in her sorrow, or she can get out, and she could become heroes for people. And to this day, since 1997, she has been a hero for so many people. My, uh, so many teenagers, so many adults, people just constantly, how's Mama Glow doing? Where's Mama Glow? I need to talk to Mama Glow. And I'm like, she lives with me. You can see her anytime. I can bring her to you. But she's been a great hero for so many people, but she made a simple choice. She made a simple choice, but she lost one of her heroes. But then she realized that she was a hero in herself. Elisha was about to lose Elijah. Look at verse 4. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please. I can just hear it on Elijah's voice. Stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, look at Elisha says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. So once again, Elisha just repeats himself. As the Lord lives and my soul lives, I will not forsake you. No matter what you tell me, Elijah, I don't care. I don't care that you defeated 450 bell worshipers. I don't care if you prayed that the heavens wouldn't come out and rain. I'm not going to leave you. Heroes, get this, this is a beautiful point. Heroes have just a few key dreams, key thoughts, key commitments that keep them going and they often repeat them over and over to themselves. Heroes have just a, key, a few key dreams, key thoughts, key commitments that keep them going and they often repeat them over and over to themselves. Just one or two. Right now, my dreams, one or two. I had the opportunity last year to sit in one of the most historic churches in the world, Ebenezer Baptist Church in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, where Martin Luther King preached one of the greatest messages in 1958. And, and we youth pastors sitting there, and we were instructed to write down two dreams that we had. Two dreams. Now, now we always tell our, our, our kids to dream, dream big, and those things are great. But what happens when you have a thousand dreams? When you have a thousand dreams, none of those a thousand get accomplished. But if you can dwindle them down to one or two, that passion begins to start stirring up in you. And then you'll focus on those one or two. And I wrote down that one of my dreams was to have an orphanage. That's one of my dreams, is to have an orphanage. And then my other dream was to be a youth pastor until I'm 99 years old. I just want to do that. I think that'd be cool. I told the kids the other night, Wednesday, I said, you know, they'll be hanging out with their friends and they'll be like, hey man, my youth pastor's 24, he's got skinny jeans and he, you know, he's just got a cool car and then my kids are gonna be like, well, my youth pastor's 99 and he can't walk and he can't drive anymore, but he's a cool guy. I just wanna be that guy. But I have specific dreams, things that I can specifically focus on because here's the deal when it goes back to focusing, Satan likes to break your focus. Let's go back to my thought a while ago, especially by keeping you busy. When you're being mom, when you're being dad, when you're being brother, when you're being sister, when you're taking care of your four kids, not only are you taking care of your four kids, you're taking care of your neighbor's kids, but they're never home, they're never responsible like you, and they're not a good parent like you, you're taking care of their kids, and then you're on the PTSO committee, and then you're on this committee and that committee, and doing this and doing that, and then you're on Facebook, something, and you're doing all these things, and you're busy, busy, busy. How do you have time to dream? You don't have time to focus on anything but just survive. To get to the end of the night, lay down on your bed and go, ah, oh, another day. Another day of what? Another day of what? Of surviving? Another day of what? Going to 50,000 practices and stressing yourself out? Another day of what? Gossip about he said, she said? Another day of what? While we're going through all these other days, there's people out there that need heroes. 
There's people out there that are dying. There's people, there's kids out there that are seeing things that you could ever imagine. Waiting for somebody to just wrap their arms around them. And I'm just using that as an example. Foster care is not the only way that you can become a hero. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just using my example. I can give you examples from youth ministry. Basically, we've been fostering not just for two years. We've been fostering kids for 13 years. Because we've taken in countless teenagers over and over. And all they need, they don't need a bigger church. They don't need a prettier church. They don't need uh, beautiful games. They, don't, they need a hero. That's all they need. It hasn't changed since the first kid I got 13 years ago to the kids I got now. They just want a hero. They just want somebody that will hang out with them and be real for them and love them. Verse 4. Verse 4. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please. Elijah's to the point where it's like, seriously, you're just wearing me out. Any of you had those real super spiritual people that are like always by you and they won't leave you alone and they're sending you those texts that are like 7,000 words long and you're, you're in a meeting and the phone goes off? Like, oh yeah, that's Johnny. He's sending me the whole Old Testament. Just encourage me today. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. I read like a sentence of it and pray for him because I just, I I just can't do that. That's the way Elisha was becoming to Elijah, but he was consistent. Stay here, please. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they gave him to Jericho. I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. If you can easily be shaken away from your chase after the mantle of God, you'll never have it. Let me say it again. That's good. If you can easily be shaken away from your chase after the mantle of God, the chase of being a hero, you'll never have it. God never looks at your past to create your future. Everybody needs to hear that in here. God never looks at your past to create your future. we got to quit using the excuse of, well, you didn't know what I was like back then. You didn't know what I was like the other day. Did you know there's a church in California? There was a man, he was 19 years old, and he murdered two people. And he's been in prison for many, 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 many years. And while he was in prison, he got saved. The Holy God, I mean, God just got all over him. He started a church in the prison. People in prison started getting saved. Now that church that when he used to go to, I believe, as a, as a teenager, you know what that church did? That church hired him on staff. Now, some people would be like, whoa, that's over the top. But he's over the ministry of addiction, suicide, of all those things, in a church of thousands. Now, some people would say, well, that's crazy. I serve a God that can restore anything. I serve a God that can take a murderer. I serve a God that can take any kind of sin you can think of and mold it and shape it, just like the book of Isaiah says. He slaps the clay on the pot, and he remolds it and reshapes it to what he wants it to be, and then something beautiful comes out of that. So quit Using the excuse, well, I can't be anybody's hero because you don't know what I did. I don't care what you did. I did a lot of things too. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Testimonies are great. The Bible specifically clearly talks about the power of your testimony. I'm all about testimonies. But tell me what you can do. I don't want to hear any more of what you can't do because of. I want to hear what you can do because of. Are you following me? I just made that up. That's good. It just flowed. It felt good. I could probably write a poem right now. But I'm busy right now preaching. Okay. Number five. I'm, pre- I'm doing pretty good, Mom, with my notes. Pretty good. And I'm smiling. I make people laugh. She gets on to me because I preach too angry. And I do sometimes because I'm mad at the devil. I'm just mad at the devil. I love my city. I love my city. I grew up here. I went to church here. I love my city. And the devil is just letting it go to hell in a handbasket. And I don't want that anymore. I want a church to rise up. I've known since a little kid that this church would be. And it's doing great things. But I'm telling you, if you want to be a part of something that that you want to hear about in books and stories, stick around here long enough and you will. I promise. I promise. Verse 6. Verse 6. Then Elijah said to him, please... The love of God. Stay here, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But he said, Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. <laughs> Sounds like Lily. 
So the two of them went on. Elijah's third attempt to get Elisha to stay behind. And the third time, Elisha said, as the Lord lives and my soul lives, I will not leave you. Listen to this. When the Lord is recruiting hero material, it is his pattern to try to weed out the slightly interested. My pastor made a great statement the other day from the pulpit when he said, don't judge a church by the empty seats. Because we're in a culture where it's like we rank our churches like we rank our college football teams. Whoever brings in the most likes on Facebook, whoever has the most multiple services and the different campuses, they are a mighty church of God. And there's some great churches out there that have those things. I'm not saying those things. But it's not the empty seats that make a healthy, dynamic church. It's the people in the seats that make a dynamic, healthy church. And if we can have a church of 200 to 250 of people in the seats that are obedient and willing to be heroes for people in our city, I'm not talking about Peru, I'm not talking about Pakistan, I'm talking about any of these other places that we support and we do it great and we will always support these people with a missions-minded church and we love blessing people out of the country, we love blessing our country, we love blessing our state, but it's time we bless our city. He's going to weed it out. And he's going to find the people that are willing to be heroes for the dirty people, for the druggies, for the abused. He's going to find people that will reach out to those. And that's the people he's going to pour out his mighty, mighty spirit upon. Verse 6. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please. Can I just read that? Okay. Second point, verse 6. The Bible says, and the two went on. Do you go on? Heroes have guts. It's going to be messy. It's going to be dirty. It's not going to go the way you want it to go. Don't you know that every person I come in contact, whether it be through foster care or through ministry, I want to see the outcome, and I want to see it quickly. I want to see them get saved. I want to see them have a beautiful family. I want to see them get their finances correct. I want to see the abuse to stop. I want to see the meth to stop. But it doesn't always work that way. Did Jesus have to wait on you? Yeah. He had to wait on me a long time, Jack. But praise God, he waited on me. Praise God, he was patient. We're not patient with people. We're not patient with people. All we want to say is, and let me use the life that I'm in right now. How could they treat their kids like that? And then we want to throw them out, take the kid, and pretend that everything's great. While they sit back and suffer. It's not what God called us to do, church family. Verse 7, you got to have guts. you got to be willing to get messy. Verse 7, and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. So here comes the group of people again. There's always going to be a group of people. There's always going to be a group of people that are going to tell you that you can't do it. There's always going to be a group of people that are going to remind you the reason you can't do it. And there's always going to be a group of people that will never do nothing that will tell you that you're never going to do nothing. None of that makes sense. But here they come. Supposedly mighty prophets of the Lord. Here they come. And they say, and they stood, they stood the Bible says they stood afar off and they watched. Point number seven, the world is full of people who eagerly stand on the sidelines shouting directions to the heroes, but the world is painfully short of people who eagerly take the risk of running the place. I sit in front of a TV all the time watching sports. I'm a sports junkie. And me and pastor, especially, man, when we critique other people, we're critiquing the quarterback. Man, he could do it, you know. And if you put the helmet on me, I would get crushed. But man, when I'm critiquing, man, I, I know what I'm doing, but I'm not willing to get out there and do it and show them how to do it. We as the church sometimes are no different. We want to sit back and say, well, man, our county just it has a meth problem and there's so many people being abused and there's so many kids being, it's so sad. It's just so sad. We know it's sad. We know we have a problem. Get in the game. Get in the game. Quit sitting back saying there's a problem when we know there's a problem. What are you going to do about the problem, church? 
These people just wanted to sit back and continue to remind Elisha that, hey, man, you, you guys are going to die. I just want to remind you of that. Don't want to help you or anything. Don't want to show you how to do something. God forbid we show somebody how to do something. There's a whole generation of people in our city right now that don't know how to pump gas. They don't know how to balance a checkbook. They don't know proper hygiene. How difficult is it to show somebody proper hygiene? My six-year-old, my, how old are they now? My nine-year-old. And seven-year-old can show somebody proper hygiene. That is hero material. Are you with me? Are you getting it? We're not talking about building the Taj Mahal here. We're not talking about doing something that is out. of. Remember, it's not about your abilities. It's about your choices. Verse 10. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Personality will never make you a real hero, but obedience will. Obedience will. It's the whole charisma versus character debate. I wrote down, you don't get other people's mantle. You have to create your own. People are heroes in different ways. A lot of you won't carry my mantle. But you can carry another mantle. A lot of you won't take in kids in your home 24-7. But some of you will cook and take it to a family that will. And when you leave that house, that family is absolutely in tears because they're blown away by the hospitality and the Jesus-like attitude that they saw in those people. That's what happens. Those two old ladies that came to my house and brought that food, one of the ladies came in the house, and she said, I got my life straightened out about a year and a half ago, 70-something-year-old woman. And she said, God told me in a dream that I was to do something great, and this is it. She had a dream. Not a thousand, not ten. She had one or two dreams. Verse 11. Then it happened as they continued on and talked. As suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven. It happened. But look at the key verses before that. It wasn't the fire and the chariot that I want you to focus on. What were the words before that? The words before that said this. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked. As they still went on and talked. They were simply walking and going about their everyday life. But something great happened. We don't have confidence as Christians anymore. We don't have confidence in the Holy Spirit and the power that God told us that he would put in us to reach other people. We feel like we got to do this grander, great thing on this scale that is so unattainable when, when, when the Bible says just walk and talk with them daily and something great will happen. Amen. Something great happened in this situation. And I love this point. God's heroes are made in the normal day of life while you are faithfully doing the everyday things like walking and talking. But in your mind, in the light of the question, what would Jesus do? They were just walking and talking and boom, his hero gets taken up in a whirlwind. Imagine what was going through Elisha's mind. Look at verse 12. And Elisha saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and he tore them into pieces. Now, if you know anything about the Old Testament, when they rendered their garments... He was empty. He was scared. He, it was a moment of just true humbleness. Didn't know what to do. Once again, it's a scary to lose your hero sometimes because then you have to become one. Elisha was about to become a hero, but he lost his hero. Now, if you read on, let's read on and see the rest of the story. Verse 13, he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. A hero was born. All because he was persistent, all because he was obedient, and all because he saw the power of God in everyday life. A few more points and I'm closing. Church family, listen closely. Showing up to this place doesn't change the world. Preachers have been saying that for years. Your attendance is greatly appreciated. 
your faithfulness. You are such a great, faithful church family. But just showing up doesn't change the world. We need heroes in this church. We need people that are willing to go out and to be heroes, everyday heroes to other people. So in conclusion, I want to be very specific here because when I'm in church, I want to leave the service knowing my marching orders. I want to give you your marching orders today. Can I do that? So in conclusion, there's that famous word, in conclusion. Let's answer a simple question. How can I become a local hero? Notice I put local because that's where I'm at right now in my life. That's where my wife is at right now. We support a lot of missionaries ourselves. We support Chi Alpha. We support people in Africa. We do all that, and that is great and awesome. But if we don't support our own, our own hometown, we've missed it. We've missed it. So how can I become a local hero? One, educate yourself on the problems. If you don't believe that we have a massive problem in our city, please come hang out with me during the week. We can take a quick drive, and I will show you certain places that would blow your lid off. I could show you. I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of some pictures right now that, that DHS had showed us in training here recently that would absolutely... You would be floored. These are homes right here, right by you, that they're pulling these kids out of. That literally look like third world countries. You would rather sleep on the ground with nothing than live in these homes. Educate yourself on the problem. We have a massive drug problem. Massive. Not little. Not we, they're a massive crisis meth problem in our city right now. We got to educate ourselves on the problems. Number two, this is probably the most important one to me because I, uh, just of, of the things people say to me. Number two, realize that everybody wasn't raised like you. The reason we have a lack of heroes in our city is because it's so easy to be in that camp of once again, I can't believe they're putting that in their body. I can't believe that they're doing that to those kids. How could they do that? Because they weren't raised like you. They didn't have an unbelievable home like I did. They didn't have a support network that is through the roof like I do. All they've ever seen is darkness. Take something that has only seen darkness their entire life and put a little bit of light on it and see what happens. They didn't go to grandma's house on Sundays and eat dinner and skip and hop out in the yard as kids. They didn't do that. They watched fights. They watched abuse. They watched molestation. They watched rape. They watched in their parents injecting things into their arm. They watched their parents injecting things into their arm. Church family, that's bad and it sounds terrible. That's reality. Educate ourselves. Realize that everybody wasn't raised like you. Number three. But here's the thing with number two. If you take somebody who wasn't raised like you, and start raising them like you were, it's like a light turns on. I promise. It, it'll still be a journey, and it'll still be messy, but immediately a light comes on. Because that darkness has to react to light. Has to. Light doesn't have to react to darkness, but darkness has to react to light. Are you following me? When you expose light to darkness, something has to happen. Immediate results. Number three, how can I become a local hero? Realize that out of sight, out of mind is a very dangerous camp to be in as a Christian. Realize that out of sight, out of mind is a dangerous camp to be in as a Christian. Don't ever look at another church that's doing a million different things and go, man, I could never do that. Yeah, you can. 
Sometimes the out of mind, listen, I have that too. Still to this day, there are some things that I just try to take out of my mind. You know, when people come in here during the week and, 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 and they need this or they want to do it, sometimes it's just like out of sight, out of mind, and it'll go away. That's a dangerous place to be because God's not going to use you in that camp if you stay there. And number four, how can I become a local hero? Pick one or two things and pour your life into those things in the name of Jesus. Quit trying to save the world. Quit trying to fix the White House. Fix your own home. And then fix your city. Those are attainable. Those are attainable. But quit trying to overdo it. Pick one or two things that you're passionate about. If you're passionate about the food pantry, go for it. Debbie Shackelford does an unbelievable job. Miss Pat, there's several other ladies that do, Miss Margaret, that, that, that's their thing. Do it. My thing is orphans and youth. Okay? I'm doing it. Yours might be women's ministry. Yours might be the food this, the food that. Yours might be driving around and talking to people. Pour yourself into it. Become a hero. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 5. You thought I was done. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Go to that next slide. This is it. What you see is it. You've heard how do you become a local hero, but let, let's define it biblically. Biblical qualifications to be a hero. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You want to become a hero? Get into the word of God. Absorb the word of God. Teach yourself the word of God. I believe that the reason that we have a lack of heroes in this city, one of the reasons is because just the biblical knowledge is not there. It's milk, 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 constant milk. We have a milk mustache. We're not eating solid foods because we're not getting into the word of God. We are rather, we are putting our time into everything else. And then our, we step back and our life is so busy. I've seen the transition. It's amazing. In 13 years, it's, 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 it's got to this point. People will say, well, I'm, I'm too busy. Not meaning it that way, but they say it because that, that's really what it means. I'm, just, I'm too busy. And when you say you're too busy to get in the word of God, you're, you're saying you're too busy for Jesus. Because John 1, 14 said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Chapter 12. Verse 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. Biblical qualifications to be a hero. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not dis be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue. You have to be intentional. The pastor says it all the time. It's not going to happen on accident. You're not going to be somebody's hero on accident. Be intentional. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cast, cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Be spiritually ready. Biblical qualification to be a hero. Be spiritually ready. Because if you're not spiritually ready, you'll be out quick. You'll be weeded out quickly, I promise. Because once again, when you take people that have only been, surround, they only surround themselves with darkness, and then you as the light come into play, that darkness is going to see how strong you are. And if you're not strong, you're going to be weeded out. You're going to go home and say, well, this is just too hard for me. Have you been in the word? Have you prayed up? I love that prayed up. Be prayed up. I promise you, if, you if, if, if we didn't pray up and we didn't get in the scriptures, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. 
because it's spiritual warfare on a daily basis. We have to be spiritually ready to be a hero. The second one, Acts chapter 8. And this one really, really hits home to the church. Acts chapter 8. Biblical qualifications to be a hero. I've preached. Look at verse 31, or verse 30, sorry. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch said, how can I unless somebody guides me? And then we know the rest of the story. The eunuch gets saved, he gets baptized, and he becomes a great missionary in the Ethiopian church. The second qualification of a hero is you've got to be available. Philip took time out of his busy day and said, do you understand what you're reading? And the response was, how can I? Nobody showed me. How can a 24-year-old person that all they've ever known is drugs and abuse, how can they know what's right from wrong when nobody showed them? They're not here today sitting next to you. So your example right now is no use to them. Are you following me? We have to show them and guide them. And then something great will happen just like it did in this story. Be available. Make yourself available to people. Number three, third biblical qualification to be a hero, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I'm so proud of Pastor for he's getting better at he's 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 such a good pastor. He church family, he prays for you all the time. He talks about you all the time. And and I'm so glad he's been going over on his time. Because once again, we're here one day a week. Should this impact us that much? The only reason this has impacted us that much is because we've let it. James chapter one. Verse 21, third biblical qualification to be a hero. Verse 21, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Look at the two words after that, that, that verse. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So James says, if you all you do... If all you do is come in here and you hear and then you walk out here and you don't do, Brother Ed, correct me if I'm wrong, James says you will be deceivers of the word. Our responsibility is to receive what God has given the man of God and go do it. That's our job. I tell the students all the time, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we signed a spiritual contract that we would go to work, that we would be about my father's business. Isn't that what Jesus said? What are you doing in here, Jesus? You're supposed to be at A, B, C, and D. You're supposed to be at this practice and this recital and this cheerleading thing and this family thing, and you're supposed to be doing this, 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 and this. What are you doing? I need to be about my father's business. He was doing and not just hearing only. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. Hard words. Verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Wow. Powerful. Powerful word of God there. Powerful verses. Be doers and not hearers. They said if you're a hearer, it's like looking in the bathroom mirror. And then walking away and forgetting what you look like. I can't tell you how many sermons that I've walked out of and didn't even remember what anything was said. 
Because my intentions, remember we have to be intentional to be a hero. My intentions wasn't to get up from the seat and walk out and be a hero to somebody. My intentions were to get out of the seat and feel good about myself and go eat lunch. There's a big difference. Amen? Come on, you got to be intentional about this discipleship stuff. you got to be intentional about this Christian stuff, church family. Are you with me this morning? Last one, biblical qualification to be a hero. Listen, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not angry. I'm not mad at my church. I, this is the best. I agree with pastor. This is the best church in the world. But I'm just giving you a heads up on what God is calling us to do and to be and to be a part of. Don't sit back and let everybody else have a spiritual blast like we're having, raising three kids in diapers again. Jump in with us. It's great. Last one, biblical qualification to be a hero, Acts chapter 1. And listen, I'll say this before I close. There's so many of you that I could name that truly have been some of my heroes that prayed with me and over me and took me into your house and fed me and because you were consistent. You didn't make it a big deal. You just knew it was about a person. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Last one, last qualification to be a hero. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, Jesus speaking, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, Man, what Pastor said last week, or was it two weeks ago, when he said, we as the church need to get away from sitting around waiting on the rapture to getting busy, that was powerful. I don't want to read another book about the end times. I don't need you to give me another DVD about the end times. I know they're coming, okay? I'm smart enough to know that. I just want to be busy until that happens. And that's what Jesus said. It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father put in his own authority. Get that. Next time somebody shoots a Facebook in time junk to you take them to acts chapter 1 verse 7 jesus said it's not for you to know the times or seasons look at verse 8 but you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and in judea samaria and the ends of the earth and hebrew springs verse 9 now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in a like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Why can't we take that and just be good with that? Why do we have to read 17 books and watch 87 DVDs and scare ourselves to death and walk around scared? Wondering when the end's going to happen, when Jesus himself said, don't worry about when it's going to happen. I'm coming just like I left. But until that happens, I'm going to zap you with this unbelievable power so that you could just sit around in church and do nothing. No! I'm going to zap you with this power, fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can go out and change the city, change the world for me and for my kingdom. He never said sit around with the Holy Spirit and watch other people do it. Go. Go. Be a hero to somebody. Go and change a life. Think about that. I'm telling you, man. I've said it many times. I've been high in a lot of many ways. A lot of ways I've been high. There's nothing like the high you get when you know you're being Jesus to somebody else. That never goes away. Never goes away. Stand your feet this morning. I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to have the worship team come up. I just hope that you're leaving here knowing. Knowing that you are to be a hero. And having the qualifications, the biblical qualifications, be spiritually ready, be available, be doers and not hearers only, and re realize the power within you. Those are not hard. Educate yourself. Realize people weren't raised like you. Pick one or two things and latch yourself to those things. 
Quit trying, to, quit trying to do everything. I got something written on our board at home that says, when you try to do everything, what does it say? I forgot. When you try to do everything, you'll fail? Yeah, let's go with that. When you try to do everything, I, that is what it is. When you try to do everything, you'll fail. For the first several years of ministry, I said yes to everything. Yes to everybody, yes to every ministry, yes to every trip. And it was like, what is our passion? What are we connected to? I know it's Jesus and the church and the youth and but man, the last two years, we've dreamt, dreamt, we've, we've, we've it, it, yeah, we've gotten smaller. Dwindled, yes, thank you. It's a Hebrew word. We dwindled. And now we're more focused. Now there's more passion. Now there's more zeal that there's ever been. And I pray that for you too, because I want you to be right in the middle of it with us and with the other people in this city that have made the choice to say, you know what? Man, this place is not about me. It's about Jesus in me, showing it to other people. I love what Jenny Mayo says. She says, I do not want to go into heaven strolling and healthy and got a new haircut and a tan and relaxed because I've been on vacation. She says, I want to roll into heaven with my hair on fire, looking like I've been beat up and ran over by a truck. I just believe, I'm not saying go home and, and lose hygiene. I'm not saying that, okay? Keep bleaching your hair, whatever you want to do. Make yourself pretty, all that good stuff. I'm just saying, let's be busy. Let's be heroes to a city that needs some heroes. And things will begin to change around here like you have never seen them, I promise you. Let me pray for you. And then you leave here, please leave here knowing what your responsibility is as a Christian. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, God, to take this pulpit. Father, I'm humbly honored. And I pray, Lord, that my church family has heard from you, God. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would stir a passion and a zeal, God, in this house like this city has never seen Awaken dreams in people here today that have not dreamed in many, many, many years. God, let the senior saints, God, be awakened at night. Father, hearing from you and what you want them to specifically do for this city. God, let, Father God, husbands and wives, let capable, financially responsible adults, Lord God, be mentors to a whole generation of people that all they've ever seen is darkness. God, raise up people, Father, to take care of the orphans and the widows. And Father God, I pray that we would just stop sometimes thinking about ourselves and what is the next form of entertainment we can get ourselves into and begin to focus on somebody else. Lord, let us be doers and not hearers only. Thank you that you are our ultimate hero. You are our hero. And as your word said in John, Father God, we learn from you because you set the example. So, Father, give us the strength, Lord, as we go to be challenged. We love you, and we thank you for all that you are and all that you say you are. It's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you.